With us now, Brad Olson, Senior Economist and Director at Infometrics. G'day there, Brad. Hello, Brad. Good afternoon, team. Well, mate, I'm sure you're getting it, left, right and centre. We are. It's a, it is a fascinating discussion, fascinating changes. What are your first thoughts? Well, look, I think it's a good start in terms of getting some of the changes uh, moving in the housing market. We need uh, to, to really change some stuff because, look, the, the housing market's cooked at the moment. And unless we make some big changes, things aren't going to magically right themselves. So some, some good progress, some, some pretty bold calls, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I think overall my assessment is, is a step broadly in the right direction. Now, Brad, we had a, uh, an official from the Property Investors Federation. It's obviously, you know, vested interest, no question about that. But uh, Sharon Colwick said, basically, that she still thinks the much way bigger issue than what's being talked about here even is the lack of supply of housing. What are your thoughts about that? Oh, look, absolutely. There's a huge need for more supply. Um, but as everyone's also correctly pointed out today, uh, if we could be magicking up more houses, we probably would be. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but no one I've talked to has been able to find a chippy for months now. Everyone's exactly. busy. So it's, it's difficult to increase supply in the short term, yeah. but it also says we need to do more to ensure that we do get more supply in the long term. That's what that $3.8 billion for the infrastructure fund uh, coming out today is going to do it. Is going to free up a bit more build-ready land so that the government can um, help local government. It can help sort of investors and iwi and all those groups start to build a bit more. So yes, that's a slow slog, but I think you know putting a bit more money in there it addresses an issue that everyone has pointed out over the last year and a half that we didn't have enough ready to go. This is going to help start unlock a, a bit more land so that we can increase supply as we go forward. Brad, there's also a lot of commentary about, you know, the very thing the government's trying to do is help those into the market and those that are renting. It's going to do the opposite for renters. Uh, landlords, given they won't be able to use the tax deductibility, are just going to put their rents up. What do you think about that? Yeah, that's totally true. But, hey, I mean, the, the frank reality is that landlords are already doing that. Didn't take any changes today. I mean, you look at where rental prices have moved recently. They're only going up because we don't have enough supply. So that goes back to that first issue. But, um, look, there are certainly going to be concerns over um, what happens in the rental market. But, again, I think we've got to take a step back and say, well, what we had before this announcement wasn't necessarily good. And there is still a fair bit of pain to come. You know, there are those sort of... Um, uh, uh, growing pains, if you will, as we try to adjust to things. But at, at the moment, the rental outcomes for people are not good. These might make them slightly worse, but to be fair, they were already going that direction anyway. So I do think you have to question whether or not this makes things worse, or if it's just a continuation of what we've seen in recent times. Brad, oh sorry. No, you go, yeah, Phil. Just very quickly, Brad, just, just going back to the supply thing again, because I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. What do you feel is the main reason we have such a lack of supply? Because we're getting two threads, because as you can imagine, mate, the text machine's going nuts here. We're getting two threads here. One is, as you mentioned, mate, there are just not enough qualified workers to build houses, to build extra housing. The other one is that it is basically a nightmare with red tape, with councils in particular. What do you hear about the main reason that we're not getting more houses built? Well, and I think you've sort of hit the nail on the head there that there's no one reason. There's just lots of lots of little reasons, in a sense, that makes it so damn difficult. Yeah. I mean, you've got zoning challenges, which are, again, starting to be addressed, but only starting now. 
Um, you've got infrastructure funding that it's been hard to actually find a bit of land that actually uh, you can develop on. You've got that when you walk into the council building to try and develop, you know, a new house, um, you almost get met with frowns rather than smiles. You know, it, it is small stuff there in terms of yeah. um, at every turn you seem to hit a roadblock and, uh, for development. So, look, there's lots of it there, and I think what we're starting to see is a, is a bit of a sea change. It's just that the tide's turning quite slowly at the moment to right. allow for more development to go forward. And that's because a lot of people, as many people are saying, you know, look, we need more houses, there's just as many Kiwis out there going, yeah, yeah, but nowhere near me, thanks. Yeah. Right, yeah. Brad, the other thing, and I've noticed this over many years, when a Wellington architect decided uh, just because he could to buy every single piece of his house, all materials, nails, screws, everything from Australia, and built a home here, and he built it for about $500,000 less using Australian uh, materials than New Zealand. There's a text here that says, basically, my mate, uh, he's built an executive home in the States for a roundabout equivalent of New Zealand dollars, 1,070 per square metre. Why is it we're paying 2,600 per square metre? Is that a valid question? Yeah, yeah, certainly. And, and look, in COVID times, there's also quite a lot of concerns over how much higher those prices might go because of the supply chain disruptions. You know, I was talking to someone the other day who was uh, finding it incredibly expensive to get timber. You know, some of our fixtures and fittings are, are, are quite expensive to get in as well, or just impossible to get because of these disruptions. But the main driver of, of higher house prices as well in recent times has simply been the land underneath. Now, you and I probably both know that if we took a shovel and, and brought up the dirt, it's literally dirt, it's not gold, it shouldn't really make any more money over time. But because of how scarce it is, because we can't make any more of it, and because lots of people want it, it has seen that price go higher. So, look, there's, there's a lot of different components uh, in, this, in this sort of housing conversation. But, but you're right, the, the sort of the end result, right, is that at the moment things are pretty cooked and we do need to have a change that will require more houses coming through. Um, I, I think today's announcement is, a, is at least getting towards that bandwagon of increasing housing supply. We were never going to build all these houses overnight. We saw with KiwiBuild how abysmal of a failure things were. So I think the government has actually taken a bit of time to listen to the concerns in the sector and go, what do I need to do as government to try and get this uh, bus moving? Right. And last thing from me, Brad, you're in the business of metrics. So Andrew King, again, vested interest, New Zealand Property Investors Federation president, he says this is wrong. He says he's been taken aback by the government decisions to eliminate interest rate tax deductions which investors can currently claim on their properties. And the reason he says that, he says, so every other business in New Zealand, business in New Zealand, can still claim tax deductions, but not landlords. Um, what's your take on that? Well, what it suggests to me is that we are starting, probably a, a little bit bluntly, but we're starting to have a conversation in this country over what is housing. Because given that it, you know this, this, the tax treatment, if you will, was the same as businesses, we were seeing houses as, as a business, you know, as, as something that we should make a bit of profit from. And I can understand that. But given some of the awful housing outcomes we've got in this country, given the quality of some of the houses and just how much people are paying, I do think there's a question there over, is housing a, a business or is it actually a, you know, an important necessity, a need that we've got to fill a human right in a sense? So I think we're starting to have that conversation um, around, well, actually, how do we uh, change some of these, these things here? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm living in my house at night, I don't feel like I'm at my desk in the workplace. It doesn't feel like a business to me. It feels like my home. Yep, mm. fair play. Brett, in the weekend, this is the last question from me, mate, is I was chatting with a mate who's been in commercial banking for well over 20 years. He was saying the one thing that concerns him, as it happens, the most about the whole housing situation 
is the fact how leveraged people are and the huge mortgages that people are taking because interest is so extraordinarily low. Now, given in that none of us can predict exactly how interest rates will go, do you have any concerns that if at some point, and it's hopefully not going to happen in the next 12 months, let's say, but if at some point, suddenly, for whatever reason, for whatever happens overseas, suddenly New Zealand interest rates double, treble, which they could because they're so extraordinarily low now, that would be a major disaster for this country? It would put a lot of people in a pretty compromised position. I, I think I think it's very important to be uh, cautious and, and wary of that because people have loaded themselves up to their rivals in, in housing debt at these low interest rates, and that's fine. But let's remember that most people take out a 30-year mortgage, and interest rates will not stay that low forever. And right. if in a year or a few years' time people are at that high leverage position, interest rates do go up, they're going to have to make some big changes possibly to their spending tracks, and they might well find that they're not able to service the mortgage on their house anymore. Yeah. Brad, always great chatting with you, mate. Love your experience, and you're very fair-minded, so thanks for your time. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, team. Brad Olson, Senior Economist and Director of Infometrics.